You know what I just remembered? Yeah. I have a lot of fucking leftovers in my fridge. Oh, no. It's going to be really gross. <laughs> <laughs> you got to just burn the whole house down at that. Ugh, I live in an apartment, so it's like I can't even like set it on fire. I'd be like setting everyone else's homes on fire. That sucks. True. My plants are going to go unwatered. Mm. That kind of sucks also. But like, I'm, I'm just not, I'm not over the whole fridge thing because it's like, I literally made rice yesterday. So like, that's going to be gross. I made a fucking like vegetable curry. That shit's going to be real slimy <laughs> when I get home. Oh God. And I bought like, you know, you know how it's like, oh, let me buy vegetables so I can like be healthy. And then you put them in the produce drawer and you kind of forget about them. It's like, oh shit, time to like throw out these vegetables. Yeah. The cosmic cycle that we all go through. Yeah. I was intent on not letting that happen this time. But now <laughs> because of circumstances out of my control, it's going to happen again. It's a never ending cycle, but this time it's not my fault. Hey, for once. Yeah, that's sort of <laughs> character development, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, eating them would be better character development, but like, this is probably the next best thing. Yeah, exactly. Let the game begin. Zip, and welcome to We See Saw, a Saw rewatch podcast where we see Saw. I'm Claudia. And I'm Nicole. And today we're talking about Saw 2, released in 2005, directed by Darren Lynn Bozeman, and written once again by Lee Winnell, and by Darren Lynn Bozeman. Nicole, what did you think of Saw 2? Oh my goodness, Saw 2. Honestly, one of the ones that like sticks out the most in my brain whenever I think of the Saw franchise. Really? Yeah. And I think it's because of like the traps in it. Mm -hmm. They all like give me the ick. They skeeve me out, you know? Mm -hmm. I feel like more so than a lot of the traps. I mean, like all the traps are scary in a way, but I feel in this particular movie, there are some very specific traps that just like Ooh, make me cringe and like recoil yeah. and like have to close my eyes for part of it. We might be thinking of one in particular together here that makes me cringe no matter how many times I see it. Mm -hmm. It's just a nightmare. <laughs> oh, well, we can get into that. But yeah, what do you what do you, what did you think of Saw Two? What are your thoughts? So last time I watched the entire Saw franchise, uh, which was like twenty sixteen when Saw Seven was the latest one. I said that Saw 2 was the worst Saw movie. Really? Yeah. I just want to hit you with a little bit of trivia right now, mm -hmm. because apparently in the US and Canada, this is the highest grossing Saw film. That makes sense to me, because it's like the first one is this little indie film. It made a lot of money, but the second one, you get the word of mouth from the first people who really loved the first one. You get those DVD sales, and this is like the peak of interest, really. Mm -hmm. But this time when I watched it, I felt it was a lot better than I remembered. Mm -hmm. It's definitely not my favorite at all. And yeah. I think that it can be improved in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't as catastrophically boring and silly as I remembered. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I, I really enjoyed this one. And granted, this is only the second movie in the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I don't remember too much of the other ones. I feel like the first and second and then the fifth like stick out the most to me everything else really? in between is like kind of a blur but i feel like the second we get there and i watch it i'll be like oh wait i remember this but this one i haven't been able to forget like i can like i know all the traps and everything yeah it's interesting also there was a moment like very early on i'm talking literally in the first 5 minutes i know that we talked about in the last episode whether we thought that the movie was written and made with the idea of there being sequels. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I said, no, I'm changing my answer. Yes. Oh. 100% yes, because there is a hint in this movie to the twist of Saw 7. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, you know, I had never caught that before. I've watched this movie a couple of times, both in order and then out of order. But... It's there. Don't you think that can be done like retroactively though? Be like, oh, hey, we're filming Saw 7 or we're writing Saw 7. Remember that one thing in Saw 2? Let's bring that back. So I do think that there maybe is an element of just like leaving room for future things. Mm -hmm. And like, I do think some of that is there. Mm -hmm. But this twist is, it's so deliberately shot that that mm -hmm. has to be what it is. Okay. All right. So we'll, we'll have to circle back. Yeah. In five more episodes, we'll talk about this again. Yeah. <laughs> so remember, dear listeners, this exact moment. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, when I was thinking about it, it feels like Saw 1 was kind of like, all right, we're making this movie. And then because they saw how successful it was, it's like, oh, oh so, they, so they left room, you know, for more. But as mm -hmm. a standalone movie, it works. Yes. And so it's like, okay, well, we have the opportunity to make more. And it, clearly it was a hit. So yeah, like, let's leave room for more. Yeah. And seeing that future twist thing established in Saw 2 made me think about how this movie's twist is left open from what we have in Saw 1. Mm -hmm. more, more in the way that you were saying, like, might be a possibility for what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to be really vague because I, you haven't seen this movie yet. We'll talk about that when we talk about the twists in this movie more. Okay, sounds good. So do you want to jump right into it? Let's jump right into it. So the first thing we open on is our first trap. Michael, who is, quote, a snitch, wakes up in a room. Okay, the trap is described as a Venus fly trap. Before Jigsaw said that, I was taking my little notes, right? So here's my here are my notes. Michael, snitch, that's, that, that's the reason he's in there. Chokey, but for your head. Chokey? Yeah. Like from Matilda, the Chokey. Oh, okay. I haven't seen Matilda. You haven't seen Matilda? No, I haven't seen Matilda. You, so you know what the Chokey is then? No, I have no clue. I didn't read the book either. <laughs> and Matilda, the Chokey is like this room or closet that has spikes in it. And then oh when the God. children misbehave, you get shut in there. And if you like move too much, like you'll get stabbed. What the hell? It's just real fucked up. <laughs> Was Road Doll Jigsaw this whole time? <laughs> Apparently. I said, so Chokey for your head. That's how I was going to remember it. But then he said Venus Flytrap. And I was like, oh, I guess that's a better description than Chokey for your head. There are like two other things I think of with it, too. One, it's like an Iron Maiden. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and two, it's it's just a bear trap. Yeah. Running out of ideas, John. Yeah, John. <laughs> so this guy has... 
a key sewn into like his eye or like his eye socket, his cheek. It's kind of ambiguous. This is the one I can't watch. Yeah. The guy tries to like psych him Ugh. up to, to psych himself up to like cut open that area like several times. And then he just gives up on the will to live. Honestly, I wouldn't be able to do it. It's my eye. I'd be like, nah, I'm done. Like, I know myself, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Saw. I don't know if I'd be able to do it or not. I feel like I might be able to if it was literally this or get my face chokied. <laughs> but it's like, you know, which death is faster? Yeah. Uh, it's a fast death because it's like, I don't think I have like the will to live to overcome <sighs> that. Just like, oh, like, I don't like things near my eyes. I'm like, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Please. Like literally like nothing else like gets me squeamish or anything, but I stuff, I'm like, no. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> I get that. Haha. That's <laughs> so close to your brain. You see with those things. <laughs> anyway, so he doesn't do it and it just you know, closes in on him. R.I.P. Michael. Damn R.I.P. So I tracked all the deaths here with uh skull emojis. Just nice. to make it easier for me to remember, because I was I was just writing death confirmed or like whatever, and I said nah, skull emojis. Good thinking. So we meet Detective Matthews. Detective Matthews, he's a cop, but he's a desk cop now. He's been demoted essentially. Detective Eric Matthews, not to be yes. confused, not to be confused with Eric Matthews from Boy Meets World. That is Different true. Different Eric Matthews. <laughs> so we meet Eric. He is getting his son out of. Juvie, the police jail. station, jail. Yeah, he got arrested for for being a little, little delinquent. Yeah. So he's walking with his son down at the pier and he's like, why are you being such a fuck up? Do you want to ruin your whole life? And his son's like, you're, you're an asshole cop, dad. Which I mean. He, he is. Yeah. Saw, despite having so many cop main characters, is also pretty A-cab. Yeah. In Eric's case in particular, as we will learn more in just a bit, like ACAB, but especially him. Yeah. <laughs> All cops are bastards, but especially Eric. Yep. <laughs> he sucked. He was the worst. He is awful. A terrible man, a terrible person, like objectively a bad person. There's no way that we're supposed to agree with him, right? Or think that he's like justified. There's no way. I'm trying to think. I feel like we're supposed to say, oh, he's done bad things, but we're supposed to sympathize with him because he is like the main character here. Understand his point of view in a protagonist way. Yeah, exactly. Anti-hero. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> so Eric Matthews is called onto the scene of this jigsaw trap and his former partner, whose name I wrote down, they said it once. Carrie. Carrie. That's right. Does she have a last name? No. Carrie is her last name. Oh, okay. It just says Detective Carrie. <laughs> yeah. Eric is like, why'd you even call me here? To taunt me that I'm not doing this anymore? Get out of here. I want to see a saw victim. And as he's leaving, she dramatically shouts, look closer, Detective Matthews, and then points at that exact message up on the ceiling. <gasps> so he does look a little closer, but doesn't really think of anything. And then that night, he goes home and, like, in his sleep, he realizes that the head trap thing was manufactured by a specific steel company in town, which gives me a lot of questions. Something that just, like, made me laugh for some reason, because they never say where we are. It's just 
generic yeah. crime-ridden city with like a lot of abandoned buildings, I guess. And so there are a couple of times where they're like, you know, the city, the city. Yeah. And it's like, which city? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, good old TCPD, the city police department. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, do we see a police car at any moment? So we can see like what it says. No, they probably still couldn't afford one. Oh, probably not. Well, I'll, I'll keep an eye out now in, la- in later films. Oh, this is our first outside scene in Saw. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they did it. Look wow. how far we've come. Good job, guys. You got an extra $3 million in your budget and you can have an outside scene. <laughs> you can go outdoors. <laughs> God, I wish I got paid $3 million to go inside. <laughs> God. From that one clue, Detective Matthews sets up a whole fucking raid on that factory that I have to assume is abandoned because what isn't abandoned in this collapsing city? Yeah, right. And the whole fucking squad goes in. It's like a squad of like eight to ten people led by Rig, who wears a bandana, and that's basically his only defining feature. <laughs> he he leads the A-team, who all go in, and they get into this like cage around this set of stairs and they open the door and they start to creep up the stairs and billy comes in on his tricycle for his cameo all the cops are like get on the ground fun fact here jigsaw's puppet was originally controlled by a fishing line in saw 2004 but since the crew had a slightly larger budget for this film they decided to completely redo the puppet and make it mechanically controlled Oh, where's John getting all this money from? (laughs) Good question. (laughs) So Billy comes out and the the officers start yelling. One of them starts to go up the stairs and the stair he's on gives way. And as it breaks, he falls into a slot and something else comes out and breaks his shins. Yeah. Which seems really painful, but also surprisingly not deadly. You think it would be like a guillotine just chopping those off. And then the other officers are like, oh my god, let's turn around. And they touch the cage to start turning around, and it's electrified now. If you listen, you can actually hear it start powering up the second that they open it. (laughs) Just this little, like, "Mm." but nope. So we'll get into this more at the end of our show, of our episode. But listen, y'all have seen the crime scenes. You know that this, this guy... Mr. Jigsaw loves his puzzles and booby traps and shit. You think I'm going to walk into a fucking cage? I'm not yeah. stupid. For re- <laughs> like, are you for real? I mean, on one hand, it's stupid. But on the other hand, like, what else are they going to do? I guess, like, send a robot in or something. But, like... that, Or, or it's just, like, you know, I don't know. It, I would be inspecting every square centimeter of that place. Yeah, you gotta play it like Bomb Squad D&D, where you're like, I creep along the floor every five feet looking for traps. Mm-hmm. And like, not to victim blame, but like, sing in the first movie, you didn't feel <laughs> that tripwire before you got shotgunned in the head? Yeah. Like, come on. Because you went through it slowly, too. Yeah, like you wouldn't have, you didn't feel something against your pants? <laughs> if he was running, it would have made more sense. Yeah, but no, he was like stalking after him with the, I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's just, that's just, that's not to say that, you know, I'm as qualified as a SWAT team member, but you know, <laughs> I like to think I'm not that dumb. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, we cut to John occasionally. He's like eating lunch <laughs> in his little layer wearing his hood, his, his cloak, which I noticed this time his cloak has like button snaps on it. 
Oh, I was like looking at it because in the first one, I didn't pay too much attention to it. So this time I was like, what is this cloak made out of? Because it has the red lining, right? Mm -hmm. And so I was like, is this going to be like a velvet cloak or something with a satin (laughs) lining? But from what I could see, it looks more like sweatshirt material. Yeah, I can see that. Or honestly, the the snaps make me almost think of like a raincoat, but I don't think it's quite the right texture. No, it didn't look like it. It it looked like sweatshirt material. Yeah. Yeah. Where the fuck did he get this? Or did he make it? Did he sew it himself? He had to have made it. He's so crafty. Did he go to Joanne Fabrics and ask for like three yards of sweatshirt material and then like another couple yards of red lining? And the poor lady at the cutting counter was like, oh, what are you making? And he's like, oh, you know. Making a cloak. (laughs) Oh, what for? Oh, you know, normal reasons. (laughs) Normal, not serial killer reasons. Uh, would you like the end of Bolt for 50% off? Uh, I'll find some use for it, yeah. I'm thinking of putting some dramatic red cloths over some things in my apartment anyway. Okay, great. (laughs) (laughs) And if you sign up for text messages, you get 20% off your next purchase. (laughs) I used to work at Joanne Fabrics. (laughs) So I have to ask, why isn't the FBI involved at this point? Is it always like a local or state police thing until it escalates to like a an interstate thing and then the FBI gets involved? Let's look it up. Let's see. At what point does the FBI get involved? In general, the FBI will become involved in a local law enforcement investigation or prosecution when an alleged offense falls under federal jurisdiction or when a crime is committed on federal property, when local law enforcement agencies request assistance, or when multiple jurisdictions are involved. Okay. I feel like the only one that would apply here is when they ask for help. Why the fuck haven't they asked for help? <laughs> yeah, it seems like a pretty serious thing going on here. Because yeah. John has, at this point, what, like six to eight victims? Mm-hmm. Well, that, that we know, know of. of. Yeah. yeah. And that we know of because what if something happened like prior to the events of the first movie? Yeah, exactly. Because when they walked into the, like the razor wire scene, which is the first one we saw, it's like, oh, it's the jigsaw guy. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, one more thing. In John's little lair, I noticed, since we talked about it last time, this time I noticed that there are a bunch of mannequins around. Yeah. And it's like, oh, he brought stuff over from his last hideout. Yeah. Oh, do you think he hired movers? (laughs) I mean, he must have. Yeah. Right? Not like an official moving company. I'm talking like someone on TaskRabbit or something. Yeah, that that would make sense. Yeah. Just, Just pay some guys. Yeah, they didn't have TaskRabbit back then. Mm. Uh, mm. You can go onto the street and be like, hey, do you guys want to make like 200 bucks? <laughs> Help me move some things and don't ask questions. Okay. Be careful with those mannequins. <laughs> be careful with this reverse bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> they interrupt Jigsaw in the middle of his lunch. <laughs> and, you know, obviously they're starting to arrest him going through all that fun stuff he's hooked up to like an iv drip and also has like an oxygen mask so man's is in a rough shape Mm -hmm. and so detective matthews is like is this close enough for you like a fucking asshole (laughs) and mr john is like uh i can't leave i need to stay here and he said go there's something over there you need to look at and then under this giant red tablecloth is just (laughs) 
<laughs> we have a couple of monitors that are streaming a live feed of seven people in a room. And everyone's like, well, what the hell is this? And then we see that little baby Matthews, Daniel, is in that room with the six other people. So Jigsaw has Eric's son in a trap. Yeah, Eric is torn up about this. John says to Eric, I want to play a game with you as well while this game is going on. You are not going to find these people. But if you sit here and talk with me for enough time, you will find your son in a safe and secure location. Everyone's now like kind of scrambling to figure out what's going on. They're trying to get like a trace on wherever the feed's coming from. Detective Matthews is trying to like interrogate Jigsaw, try to get any information out of him as to where his son is. And the entire time too, John is saying things like, oh, you know, you're not using excessive force right now. How strange. It's something you're, oh, it's something you're so used to. John is definitely the guy who gets pulled over and he's like, am I being detained? Oh, for sure. 100%. Is it like explicitly stated at any point in the movie that Eric is on desk duty because he's like under some kind of investigation for excessive force or whatever? I don't think so. I think it's like heavily implied, but I don't think they ever actually said it. Yeah. But because why else would he be on desk duty? Maybe he shot a kid like the cop from Die Hard. I never seen Die Hard. Oh, you should have been on the One Smith Wonders. You could have talked um, about it with Susan. Damn. <laughs> Cut to the room where we have our seven victims. We have Eric's son Daniel, Xavier, Jonas, Laura, Addison, Abby, and Gus. How many of those characters' names did you have to look up, Nicole? All of that. Well, no, no. I knew Abby because I said mm-hmm. his name. I knew Jonas because I also said his name. I knew Amanda. And I knew Daniel, even though I forgot it like four seconds ago. I didn't remember the other ones. I'm pretty sure they never say Gus's name. Oh, 100%. And Addison is with us for a good chunk of this movie. And they, they never must say, say her, her name, name once. Actually, I don't even know which one's Addison and which one's Laura. Laura is the one who looks like Paige from Degrassi, the, the blonde one. Oh, okay. She really looks like Paige from Degrassi. Every time I look at her, I'm like, they somehow got a discount Canadian actor. And it's it's not Paige from Degrassi? It is not. It is Beverly Mitchell. Oh, she uh, she was in Seventh Heaven. She was Lucy. That's probably where I recognize her from. Wow, she was in 242 episodes of Seventh Heaven. That's so many episodes. It ran for like 10 years. Jesus. That's probably where I know her from then, because I remember prior to seeing the movie back in the day, I said, she looks so familiar. She was also in Secret Life of the American Teenager. Ah. She was Caitlin O'Malley. What movies was she in? Oh my God, she was in Saw 2. Oh, that's where we know her from. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, they only say some of these characters' names like once, and a couple they never say at all. I don't know how... The people who write these wikis know what these characters' names are. It's got to be in the credits. That's crazy to me. Yeah. And then they have to, like, sync up faces, two names, two characters. Wild. The thing that most people normally have to do on their own. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone's, you know, obviously freaking out and asking, where the fuck are we? What's going on? 
And then Amanda wakes up and she starts freaking out and everyone's like, girl, like, relax. We know we're figuring this out together. And she's freaking out and scouring the room, clearly looking for something. And she removes a couple of bricks from like a fireplace or whatever and finds a tape recorder and plays the tape. They learn that there is a nerve agent filling the house and it will kill them in two hours. That there are antidotes hidden throughout the house. So one is in a safe that is in the room they are in. And there's a clue on the tape that says, you know, like, find out what you all have in common. You have more in common than you think, something like that. Something like that. And then also, you know, the the combination is in the back of your minds and the answer can be found over the rainbow, something like that. Yeah, some really heavy handed hints. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then they also find a key and there is a warning on the key that says, do not use this key on the door. <laughs> They're like, let's go use this on the door. And Amanda says, no, 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 we're not supposed to use it on the door. He's testing us. And so they're like, oh, you dumb bitch. We're ignoring you. And then person who I didn't know his name until now, Gus, <laughs> uses the key on the door and there's a revolver on the other side and he's while he's looking through the peephole the revolver shoots him in the eye when he uses the key and then he dies our first casualty rip to the greatest john lovitz impersonator of all time so i just had him in my notes as guy who got shot in the eye yeah that's all he was i i have him here as john lovitz looking guy <laughs> and then the door opens so yeah you might have noticed that we've said amanda a couple of times now Yes, it's the same Amanda from the first movie. She got put back into a jigsaw trap because she had a backsliding suicide attempt. Oh my god, I remember first watching this movie and feeling so fucking bad for her. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, like this poor bitch, like he's like on her ass. I mean, how can you not, you know, feel bad for her? Yeah. And so she says, I've played before. And that's the dramatic reveal that, oh my God, that's her from the, <sighs> from the last movie. Crazy. Shawnee Smith always fucking brings it with Amanda. She brings the heat constantly. She's great. I love Shawnee Smith. She does some good work in this franchise. There were a couple of scenes in this movie that, that where she really stood out to me. Honestly, yeah. Yeah, like her in this early sequence of her waking up in the room and freaking out and then looking for the tape recorder. She was selling it. She really was. Yeah, she was great. Cutting back to Detective Matthews and John Kramer, we learn Jigsaw's motive for doing all of this or what inspired him to do all this. Yeah, we get the Jigsaw backstory that we always wanted. Yeah. So John got his cancer diagnosis and decided to drive off a cliff and he survived, but he got this big piece of metal, like, stuck into his side. Where did that come from? It was like a rod. I have no idea. I took a closer look at it this time because every single time I watch this movie, I'm like, is that a piece of rebar? Where did that come from? Mm -hmm. But it's, like, rectangular and flat. I think it's supposed to be, like, maybe part of the dashboard or, like, mm -hmm. some some metal bit of the car that, like, got peeled off. Yeah. It's definitely confusing. Yeah, that's what I was hung up on. I was like, what the hell is that? <sighs> yeah. So anyway, he pulls it out against any common sense. Don't pull things out there piercing you like fatally. You will bleed out faster. 
Woo. <laughs> and that's what he wanted, though. That is true. Girl, you should have just bled out. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, oh, man, that was a, that was a rush. I finally feel alive. And like, I need to use the rest of my time to teach everyone else this lesson. He was saying how like humanity has lost its like will to survive or its ability yeah. to survive. He brought up Darwin's survival of the fittest. And oh. I was like, that is not what survival of the fittest means. Survival of the fittest is who fits best in their environment is the one who survives. I thought he meant like physically and mentally fit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Game changer. Anyway, so that's fucking John's whole deal. One thing is that John says he talks about like, oh, all the things that a person would do upon finding out that they have like this specific amount of time left to live, like it would shatter a person's world. And it made me think about how in the first movie, when he's in the bed getting cancer treatment and he has this like huge soul patch. <laughs> It makes me think, did John always want to grow a soul patch and receiving a cancer diagnosis is the thing that made him go, I got to live my dreams. <laughs> grow a soul patch. <laughs> grow a soul patch. I want to look like my hero, Howie Mandel. Uh, if only that's where it ended. <laughs> John's John's bucket list. Grow soul patch. <laughs> Number one. <laughs> Top priority. <laughs> grow soul patch murder people <laughs> oh but john will insist multiple times throughout the movie I, I, oh i never i never murdered anyone oh i'm just a little guy i'm just a little guy <laughs> little dying man and detective matthews is just like put a gun to someone's head and make them pull the trigger it's still murder which i feel is probably true but i don't know enough about law to say for sure law isn't even real because people fucking <laughs> like make shit up all the time and are always like, oh, but see, you know, semantics and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Nothing's mm. real. <laughs> so let's talk about what's going on inside the house. One thing I gotta say is I also really like Laura's actress. She doesn't have a lot to do in this movie, but mm -hmm. she's such a sad little meow meow that I love her. Yeah. <laughs> Like, at one point, she, like, very sadly mourns that her life is probably about to end. Oh. She's like, you know, there were so many people left to talk to, so many oh, so many yeah. places to go. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, you didn't have to do this to me. Yep, she knew. And what are we doing in a saw trap? Recording a podcast? You know, we have to make art out of our trauma, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess everybody copes in different ways. This is how we cope. <laughs> there were so many places to sit, so many cheeks to scratch. I can't believe I'm going to lose my ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it's like better to have love and loved and lost than to have never loved at all? I think that's fair. You know, I, I don't know. I just work here. <laughs> <laughs> so the first real trap that they go to they eventually wander downstairs into like the basement a yeah. secret basement laura actually is the one who finds it she's like feeling the walls and she notices that there's kind of like a door shape and she pushes it and it's a secret door that opens mm -hmm. which like nice nice escape rooming yeah and they go down to the basement and there's a mannequin at a desk and <laughs> they lift it back and it's just just a mannequin and it has a note taped to it that says Abby. 
which I thought was Obi, as in like Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, he does wear that hood. Oh, and yet it's Obi. Yep, Obvi. (laughs) (laughs) The note also has a tape, and so they listen to it. And we hear Mr. Mr. Jigsaw, hello, Abby. <laughs> Something about how he's burned people before and how, you know, after all, you helped me kidnap these people. Yeah. So, <gasps> Oh, so that's that's the thing. There are antidotes in syringes placed throughout the house that they have to find if they mm-hmm. want a chance at surviving until the door is open in three hours. So Jigsaw on that tape is like, there are two syringes in the back of this oven one of them is your reward for helping me kidnap everyone else yeah (laughs) and the other is for whoever you want listen i know the story of hansel and gretel okay (laughs) my ass is not going into any oven yeah it feels very especially because it is very distinctly body length and Mm -hmm. shape yeah and it's not like it's a big oven like he has to like army crawl into it yeah so of course the oven door slams behind him and it (gasps) starts up and Abby's like this isn't funny open the door also they couldn't have like tried to unplug it i get how does it operate because it's gas operate to some degree Mm -hmm. but yeah something has to power it something has to like spark the gas to start up when i mean like the flames rose up from the grates below so something had to have triggered it huh it's not like it just starts up. Maybe it's like wired into the ground and they couldn't see that. Mm. You wouldn't. They wouldn't have looked. Do you think John did all the wiring himself? Probably. He's a very handy guy. Yeah. Fascinating. But we'll get more into it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> so Abby dies. His, his ass is grass. His ass is roasted. <laughs> Unfortunate. So we have a lot of back and forth between what's going on with Detective Matthews and Jigsaw and then what's happening in the house. But like the scenes with the detective and Jigsaw are kind of like repetitive. Yeah. Just know that when you watch this movie, it's kind of like, oh, back and forth. But nothing of note really happens on that end for a little while. So let's stick stick to the house. Also, as they go through and as time goes on, also, this movie takes place in real time. When they say, like, you have 54 minutes left, there are actually 54 minutes left in the movie. Oh, I love that. I didn't notice I, I that. I always love that shit. It's, Hell yeah. It always makes me so excited for, like, no reason. <laughs> <laughs> As they go on, the nerve gas is clearly having an, an effect on them. They start, like, coughing up blood and they get, like, weaker and weaker. It's a bad time and it's hard to watch. Yeah, they're going through it. Should we talk a bit more about like our our victims here? Yeah. Yeah, let's go in order of the wiki here. So we have Daniel, who's Detective Matthews' son. He's what, like 16, 17? I think younger. I think he's like 14 or 15. Oh my God. But either way, he's very young. But he's a, you know, troubled kid, hence him being bailed out of jail. First scene in the movie. But like... It's very evident that he's a child. And it's, I mean, especially when he's in this room full of adults, it makes me feel even like worse for him. Yeah. He's just so out of place. He's also such a sweet boy. I really like Daniel. He's such a sweetheart. He was in two episodes of Degrassi. Oh, which ones? (laughs) Sometime in 2012. It doesn't say which ones. (laughs) We have Xavier as well. Xavier (laughs) is fucking terrifying the man is nuts uh, actually insane i mean 
he's scary. Yeah. I kind of find it funny that he's like taking point on the escape room coordination, but also adding nothing to the picture. Oh, yeah, no, he's just like, we're going to get out of here and then just like not doing anything. He's just like trying to use brute force on stuff. They find a a bat with like nails sticking out of it and he claims it as as his own and is trying to break down doors and shit only to meet some iron bars and stuff so they can't actually get out. Brute force is his whole deal. Then we have Jonas. I loved Jonas. Yeah, Jonas is fine. He's he's a nice guy. He was so, well, he was the only one with like a brain. Yeah, he was the only one trying to help. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I was like, he's the best one. Before I knew his name, I had him as the nice gentleman with the brain. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Scarecrow at the end of Wizard of Oz. <laughs> because he truly was the only one who said we should look at this as a puzzle and you know the tape said we have something in common what do we have in common and no one really listened to him poor guy he's racking his brain and he keeps coming back to it over and over again Mm -hmm. because he immediately realizes that three of the people in this trap have been to prison they know that at least three of them have done time and then we have laura who is also on the younger side. But I think I'm, I picture her as like, what, like 21, 22, yeah, probably. Yeah, early 20s. Yeah. Like, she seems like a nice girl. Yeah. Obviously very shaken about what's going on and just very, like, docile, I think, is the word I want to use. She's very tame. Yeah. She honestly seems like she's dissociating through the entire oh, experience. Oh, she's sure. She's gone. Mm-hmm. We have Addison, and I forgot her whole deal. <laughs> Addison. Lady of the night. Yeah, I I do believe she was a sex worker or maybe she's just accused of having been a sex worker. We never find out. Yeah, we do find out why she, okay, spoiler alert, because she's also been in prison. We do find out why, but I don't know if that like. Was it drug charges? He planted drugs on her. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I have to assume everyone in here has some sort of drug related offense then. Yeah, probably. Like, Abby. Abby, do do we know what his deal was? Like, obviously he helped kidnap these people. But then Jigsaw's phrasing of, you know, you've burned people before, whatever. Is he like an arsonist or something? Maybe. Maybe he's also like prison snitch or something. (laughs) Who knows? Who knows? But that's always been like my headcanon just because I focus so much on the whole, like, you've burned people before. I'm just like, he's an an arson. Arsonist. That makes sense to me. And then we have Gus, who doesn't matter because he was the first to die. So. Yep. He has no personality besides getting shot in the head. Yep. They come up to this door that is like openable, clearly, but it's stuck. And Xavier starts trying to force it open. And Amanda says, if it's stuck, it's a trap, which I think is a pretty smart thing to realize. Yeah. But Xavier forces it open anyway. And when the door opens, it pulls a pin that starts a four minute timer. And there is this pit of needles Like, in the floor. Oh my god. And on one of these needles is the key to a safe that contains an antidote. I mean, I guess we can talk about this trap in full now because there's not much to the trap besides Amanda being picked up and tossed into a pit of needles and this makes me want to die. Oh my god, That it, it gets me- This, Every this single particular time. one sticks out to me so much because yeah. he literally- picks her up and throws her into the pit. Xavier yeah. is the, uh, he's the devil. Yeah. Honestly, I, there are so many smarter ways to go about this. 
He has mm-hmm. that fucking bat. Dig around with the bat. Yeah. Or at least dig around and make a spot for her to get in. Something. I'm like, you have like a bed there which like had a sheet. I'm like, scoop them out or mm, something. Yeah. I don't know. There are so many things they could have done instead of just fucking throwing her in there. Yeah. So I have a couple of fun facts. Mm-hmm. Three needle pit. It took approximately 120,000 syringes to complete the needle pit trap. Uh, are you telling me those are real needles? Well, the syringes, at least. Okay. Gelatin and a little water were added to the needle pit to make the syringes more movable and slippery. Oh, interesting. It took four days for four people to replace all of the syringe tips with fiber tips for the needle pit trap. Okay. Yes, and then also, when shooting that scene, a handful of real needles fell into the pit, so they had to me? stop filming so they could look for needles in a needle pit. <laughs> no, no, the actual needle in a haystack. <laughs> that's that's a lot. Yeah, hundred and twenty thousand. How did they fall in? I, where did they get them from? I don't know. A lot of questions for production here. Yeah. But anyways, that was the case. Terrifying scene. I mean, I hate seeing her because we have this little mini montage of her sifting through these syringes and like glass breaking. You see needles sticking out of her body and oh, it's the worst. She's like screaming and crying and like Daniel is off to the side like, can somebody help her? Oh, my God. Poor Daniel. Not volunteering himself. I, I must note. But also, he's like 15. So one of the adults should take care of this situation. He's a baby, so he gets a pass. So eventually she does find the key and she tosses it up and Xavier fumbles it like a fucking (laughs) idiot, which costs them the antidote. So all that only for him to fuck up in the end. Yeah, he puts it in the lock with zero seconds on the timer. Mm hmm. And then he starts like he wants to blame Amanda for this. But it's just like, (laughs) bruh, that's on you. That's on you. And then they help Amanda out of the pit and or I think just Daniel helps her out. Just or something. Daniel. Yeah. And he starts pulling the like the, the needles from her body. Yeah. Which like you sweet boy. Well, she just kind of like lays there and cries. Yeah. It's a lot. This poor child. I want to be friends with Daniel. Eric Knudsen, come on the show. We want to be your friend. Yeah. So Xavier goes off on his own, like just hella frustrated the rest of the group kind of like go around searching for clues. Laura at one point kind of like collapses. And so one of the clues that they heard very early on was X marks the spot. And so she points and she says X marks the spot. There is a picture frame with the glass broken and an X or was like scratched to have an X on it. And in the photo frame or you know, on the back of it, they find a picture of Daniel and his father So it becomes apparent that all of them, with the exception of Daniel, were arrested by Eric Matthews. On false charges. Yep. So Eric Matthews is a bastard. Yeah. Amanda even says that her heroin problem started in prison after she was arrested on possession charges for heroin. Yeah, because he planted drugs on her. He planted drugs on on Addison as well. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know what the deal is with everybody else, but we know at least that much is true. Yeah. So he's a piece of shit. I mean, like, you know, ACAB, but especially Eric. Yeah. ACAB B. All cops are bastards, but especially Eric. (laughs) 
So this puts Daniel in a tricky situation because now it's like, okay, all these people have reason to go after him now because he is the son of the man who imprisoned them on false charges. So while Xavier is like separate from the group, he goes back to the first room and he notices a number on the back of Gus's neck. And I forget which color it was, but it's a color. Red. Red. And it occurs to him that, you know, back of the mind over the rainbow and there are seven of them that's how he'll get the combination is by checking the number and the color on everyone's necks Mm -hmm. jonas comes in and i forget exactly why they start arguing i mean because xavier is nuts anyway he's kind of a loose cannon doing whatever whatever the hell he wants but jonas comes in and there's some kind of altercation at which point xavier proceeds to kill jonas he hits him in the head with the spiky bat. Yeah, he like chokes and falls over and dies. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's brutal. It Yeah, like this one's rough. So R.I.P. Jonas. R.I.P. And then cut back to Laura, Addison, Amanda, and Daniel. Laura succumbs to the nerve agent. Yeah, she has a seizure. She starts foaming at the mouth and Amanda breaks her neck out of mercy. Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought she was just like holding her. But she very distinctly like turns her head while doing that. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's how I read it, at least. Especially because Addison gets real weird with Amanda after after that. I I, want to watch that again now because I just read it as her kind of cradling her head, like trying to console her or like hold her head. So she like, I don't know. I just saw her holding her head, not necessarily like turning it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I am pretty sure that she broke her neck. Damn. Yeah. R.I.P. to a real one. R.I.P. So she's fucking dead. And so Addison goes off on her own way and walks into a room where there is a glass box and there is a syringe with the antidote in the glass box. (laughs) The glass box has two holes in the bottom. And so she sticks both hands in there. No, no, no. Oh, she's not stick both hands in. She sticks one hand in to try and get the needle and she like tries to pull it out. But the bottom is like not quite glued, but it's like sticky attached to it. And she pulls it off and the entire like liquid comes out. And then she sticks her other hand in there. For what purpose? I don't know. So now she's just stuck with both of her arms in razor traps. Yeah, because it's like, you know, like the the Chinese finger traps. Is that what they're called? Yeah. yeah. It's like that. Sort of. Wait, no, I'm thinking of something else. No, no, you're... you're no, yeah. Basically, right? Yeah. When you, when you pull... Because when you it, like, pull it, back, it gets tighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what it was with the... With razor blades. Yeah. You know, razor screws are getting so dangerous, parents are buying their kids razor blades. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so... <laughs> so silly. So she's stuck there and like calling out for help and crying and shit. And Xavier walks in and she's, you know, asking for help. All he does is move her hair to the side to check out the number and color on the back of her neck and then just leaves her there. Yeah, doesn't even kill her or anything. Nope. And she's freaking out, like flailing around and stuff. So we can assume she bleeds out because of all the blood she's losing from her like forearms and wrists. We can't count her as a death, though. She's never confirmed dead. Yeah. Yeah. She could have lived. Who knows? 
Oh no, because of the because of the the gas though, the nerve agent that was clearly affecting her. She was coughing. After we talk about the twist, I'll come back to this this point. Okay. okay. Oh, also in that room where Addison's trap is is a note for her, and she looks at it and just kind of tosses it, <laughs> not even bothering playing the tape or anything. She's so dumb. <laughs> it's just like what? Like that could have had something important. Hello, Addison. Please do not stick your hand in the box. Especially do not stick both hands in the box. I am being very nice in telling you this. And look what she does. R.I.P. to a girl boss. So while Xavier is running around the house, at one point, the photo of Daniel and his dad is dropped. And on the back of the photo, it says father and son. So it's very yeah. <laughs> obvious to what's going on. And Xavier picks it up. And then he and so he realizes, were they all imprisoned on false charges? I thought it was just they were all arrested by the same guy, some of them on false charges, because Xavier is a piece of shit. John says all false charges. Oh, OK. Yeah. So well, anyway, because Xavier probably deserved to be in prison. He was horrible. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it becomes clear to him what he has to do. He has to get his ass. And so Amanda, meanwhile, is with Daniel and the two of them are like, like they're, they, they teamed up. So they're trying to get out of there. So they hear Xavier like calling for them and they're just running around the house trying to get away from him. They go back to the first room that they were in. They see Jonas on the floor with a bat in his head and they close the door to the room, which is a very heavy door. Xavier is trying to get in. Daniel and Amanda are trying to figure out what the hell they're going to do. And Amanda sees that the blood coming from Jonas's or Gus's head or whatever is dripping in such a way that it becomes clear that there's some kind of trap door under the safe that's in the room. And so they use the bat as like a door jam to hold the door shut while they push the safe. They're ultimately able to do it and they go inside the trap door and they go down a hallway and then they end up in a very familiar room, Claudia. Yeah, that room is the bathroom from Saw 1. So oh it's my in the same house. A lot of questions about this house's architecture. Yeah. <laughs> and also at this point, we can now confirm that Adam from the first movie is dead. <laughs> he's definitely dead. He is rotting in there. No, he's like a skeleton. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah. So he's dead. So RIP. Also, when they get there, they play like a montage of like sound clips from the first movie. Yeah. Like, it's oh, like, haha, remember, remember this? this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, and at an hour and 19 minutes and 16 seconds, we see a saw. It's the same saw from the first movie. Hell yeah, it is. We got to talk about this bit, though, because Xavier's telling Amanda because Daniel's unconscious, supposedly. He's like, I just need to see the number on the back of your neck. And Amanda's like, well, like, you can't kill me because who's going to tell you the number on the back of your neck? <laughs> and this crazy motherfucker gets the knife and carves out a patch of skin from the back of his neck to get his number in the greatest moment of cinematography of all time him yelling and screaming the camera circling around him sped up it's very silly to watch <laughs> and then he like the, the skin flap is like dangling from his hands it looks like a piece of ham <laughs> and it's absolutely sickening. And all I could think was, he would survive that first trap with the eye thing. He could do it. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. He could do it. 
Also, he puts it in his pocket afterwards. Oh, yeah. He doesn't even look at it. He's just like, I'll check that later. And so it turns out Daniel wasn't unconscious and Daniel hits him in the in the knees or something to make him kind of like bend over. And Daniel, with the saw from Saw 1, slashes his throat. Yep, this is the first death by saw. Ah. Mm-hmm. So there goes Xavier. Cut back to what's happening with Detective Matthews and Mr. Jigsaw. Detective Matthews sees that time is running out. And they still haven't found out where the feed's coming from. John's not saying anything. John's just saying, like, hey, just talk to me. And Eric's like, no. And so he, like, grabs his gun and leaves the room where all the monitors are. And Officer Rig actually stops people from going after him. And they're, he's like, let him do it his way. Rig is an enabler. <laughs> yeah. So remember, ACAB. Okay. And so Eric starts beating the shit out of john kramer <laughs> yeah he really get, he flips over the table he pushes him out of his wheelchair and hits him a bunch and then he's like open your mouth open your mouth and he puts his gun in john's mouth and then expects him to answer questions <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like, what's he gonna do <laughs> <laughs> so eventually john is like i'll take you yeah, so what happens is john tells him that he will only take him to the location of the house Mm-hmm. And he motions to a button on the wall because Jigsaw's whole little kitchen is actually in a fright elevator. <laughs> and the entire thing like lowers down. He gets John into a car and they drive to the place. Meanwhile, the rest of the police squad has actually zeroed in on the location of where the monitor signal is coming from. So they send a team out there. And in that location, first of all, First of all, Carrie is watching on the monitors and she keeps saying, like, I do not see you, Alpha Team. I, I do not see you at all on these monitors. And the team gets to a room with another dramatic sheet over <laughs> <laughs> over things. They take off the sheet and there's monitors showing the same feed. And there's a second thing that's covered and it's like a DVD player. And somebody hits pause on it and the feed stops. We've actually been watching a recording of events that happened hours, if not days ago. Oh, my God. <sighs> I remember first watching this. I lost my mind. I was like, oh, Same. my God, that's crazy. It's a really good moment. It's so good. Cut to Mr. Matthews. He ends up in the house where all of this shit went down. And so he sees bodies and you can see that the bodies have like decayed already, like more so than is possible if this was a live thing. Yeah. Like, clearly some time has passed. He ends up going down the trap door, down that hallway. He can't find his son anywhere. Mm -hmm. He sees the bodies from the first movie, and then he also sees a hand dangling off the edge of the tub. So while that's happening, meanwhile, we're back at Jigsaw's base where the first set of monitors was. Time is up. The second that clock hits zero... There was a safe in that room and it opens up and we see Daniel in the safe, tied up, gagged, but with an oxygen mask on. Mm -hmm. So he was able to breathe in that safe. And the poor thing is crying and like shaking. So when John said he was in a safe and secure place, <laughs> he was being quite literal. John's sense of humor there's one of the tapes where he says something and then like chuckles to himself. 
Like he thinks he's the funniest motherfucker in the world and damned if he's not right sometimes. You should be able to laugh at yourself and your own jokes. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Detective Matthews is creeping up on whoever's in the tub. He's hoping it's Daniel. They're like curled up in the tub and then they pop out and it's the person in the pig mask and the robe from the first movie. Do we see a pig mask and a robe in the first movie? Yeah. When? When Dr. Gordon gets kidnapped. Oh. Or maybe Adam. One of the two gets kidnapped. Oh, okay. I must have missed that then. Yeah. And this person takes a syringe and stabs Eric in the leg with it and injects him with something that immediately makes him woozy. And they pull off the mask and it's Amanda. <gasps> Amanda has been working with John the entire time ever since she survived her first game. And she is going to carry on John's legacy after he dies. And she, like, was in the house to be a GM, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Because Daniel being there, I feel more than it being a game or a test, was more kind of like a very extreme case of scared straight. <laughs> so Amanda was probably also there to, like, make sure nothing happened to him because he's just a kid and he didn't deserve to die like everybody else in there. Per yeah. John's thinking, you know? Yeah. And looking back throughout the movie... Everyone else gets visibly a lot sicker, except for Daniel and Amanda. Yeah. I mean, Xavier, too. He starts coughing up blood, though. Daniel never coughs up blood. Oh, okay. I didn't notice that. All right. Yeah. It's because they've both already been injected with antidotes, I guess. Ah. Because I guess they they didn't want, like, any risk of them dying. Mm -hmm. Just do it ahead of time. Yeah. So... That's the movie. We go back to John, who's in the car, beat up, and he's like passed out. And that's that's it. That's it. And so with Amanda being revealed as the second Jigsaw, that's what I want to say about Addison, because, you know, she could maybe be another Amanda. We don't know if she survived or not. Maybe she did. Ah, uh, okay. Per our rules with the drill guy. Yeah. I'm not willing to count her as a death. Okay. Do I have her down as a death? Oh, I actually didn't have her down as hey. a death. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, I forgot her name. So I had a uh, lady with the jacket, poison induced seizure, skull emoji, other lady, <laughs> wrist trap, no skull emoji. Yeah. Adam from first movie confirmed dead. Scary guy slash throat with saw in all caps. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's the movie. That's the movie. Nicole, do you have any fun facts right away? Ooh, what else do I have? Because I do have one. Ooh, hit me with it. This movie wasn't originally supposed to be a Saw movie. Mm -hmm. Saw 2 is actually a script called The Desperate that was adapted into Saw 2. The director of this movie wrote that and then just kind of made it Saw. And honestly, I can tell. Yeah. It's so disconnected mm -hmm. from the rest of everything. <laughs> Other fun facts, five alternate endings were shot for this movie. I want to see those alternate endings. Does it say what the endings were? Nope, not that I see. Oh. To conceal the ending, most of the actors were not given the last 25 pages of the script. Only the principal actors involved in the sequence knew. That makes sense. And this was shot in 25 days. Ah, so like an extra week from the first movie. Yeah. Still short amount of time, especially because this is a much more elaborate film. Yeah. Oh, here's a good one. So a few of the traps actually worked. Really? The Venus fly trap could actually slam shut. That's not safe. Turning the key could cause the gun to fire. That's not safe. 
And the blades in the razor box trap could cut someone if they were metal. If they were metal. Yeah. So, I mean, like the Venus flytrap, obviously, like they, it, can't, it can't have been metal. They probably had some kind of like silly material. It's like plastic or something. Yeah. So it, could pro- it would hurt. Yeah, that, that might still fucking kill you, to be honest. Turning the key could cause the gun to fire. They wouldn't use a real gun, though. Mm, there was, this, They're you not know, Alec Baldwin. Uh, a lot of productions use that. That is true, even though they're not supposed to. Yeah. Ooh. I have faith that they probably did not use a real gun mm-hmm. for this. I'm gonna have faith. The razor box trap containing the syringe actually has a padlock with a key in it. <laughs> It can be seen out of focus at the top of the screen when Addison puts her hands into the trap. The filmmakers deliberately included this as a way of showing that Jigsaw knew the characters would rush in without checking the trap for a simple solution. That's really funny. Oh, (laughs) so Frankie G, the actor for Xavier, actually improvised putting the skin in the pocket bit because the script just said to toss it away. But but they all loved him putting it in his pocket so much they just kept it. (laughs) It is a good bit. Oh, and like you said, it can be assumed that Amanda never needed an antidote. Yeah. Despite popular belief, Daniel was poisoned. Oh, okay. I guess he's just stronger than everyone else. I guess so. (laughs) Rip to them, but I'm built different. (laughs) So, Nicole, what did you think about the traps in this one? Uh, I was going to say I really liked them, but... I didn't, actually, now that I think about it. Yeah, I think they all kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I said, I mean, they stick out to me for some reason, specifically the syringe pit. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't think I would have fallen for these. I'm being honest. They kind of seem like they're built for idiots or perhaps people who are poisoned with nerve gas. Uh, maybe that impairs their thinking abilities or something because i mean well like let's walk through them bear trap or chokey for your head what do you think about it nicole um i mean it's scary and like it always gives me the ick because of the whole Mm. like having to dig through your eye thing but to me it wasn't super impressive because we saw something very similar in the first movie so it was kind of just whatever for me yeah it's a worse version of reverse bear trap yeah it's just regular bear trap Yeah. Putting it in the eye is an interesting twist, but it's really, it's not different enough from the other trap. And it it works worse, to be honest. Yeah. I think the fact that the reverse bear trap is so much more abstract Mm -hmm. makes it scarier. Yeah, I agree. So I'm actually having trouble rating these because they're not particularly great, like individually, you know? Yeah. And the fact that like each of these is for like one antidote. Well, because um, Obby's was for two. Yeah. And then per the trivia here, the needle pit was also for two. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that would be four, and then the nurse trap is one, and then the safe is one. Mm-hmm. So that's six, and then Amanda doesn't need one. Yeah. Interesting. So they could have all survived. It is true. Mm-hmm. If anyone had stopped for like five seconds. Yep. So... I want to talk about one trap in particular. I want to talk about the oven one. Okay. Because Abby gets the hint, sometimes when you're in hell, the devil is the only one to help you out. Mm -hmm. And inside the oven, there is like a drawing of the devil, like pointing to a knob on the inside with like a direction to turn the knob. Abby doesn't touch it. Do you think that would have cranked up the heat 
Or do you think that we've turned it off? I think it depends on the direction. I feel like that probably controls how much gas is yeah. being used or something. So like if we, you know, like righty tidy, lefty loosey, I'd probably turn it to the left. Definitely going righty. Oh, okay. Yeah, the arrow. So that should turn off? I feel like it would have shut it off. If anyone would listen to any of Jigsaw's cool clues. But also I think part of the holdup was he would have to like reach across all the flames. No, it's right there. I thought it was across. He was like, he was right next to it. Oh, I don't know. I, I thought it was, he was going to get burned even more somehow. Nope. Uh, well, that's on him. <laughs> Rip Bobby. Too, too Rip stupid Bobby. to follow directions. Anyway, like I mentioned earlier, I know the story of Hansel and Gretel. So you would <laughs> not catch my ass crawling into an oven. And also, again, with it being like body length and also very narrow, so I would have to crawl on my forearms to get through it. It's very obvious that it's a trap and that I'm going to be trapped in there. I'm going to make sure that door does not close on me. Yeah. Get something to put in the way, you know, like or something. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that one of the needles is like on a voice very distinctly like a big chain. Mm-hmm. And that's the one that he like yanks instead of just trying to fucking detach it like a normal human being. Yeah. Like the other one, he kind of like pops it off. But this one, he's like, oh, let me pull the whole chain just in case. Dumb bitch. What's next? Um, Pit of needles. Pit of needles. That one was rough. But literally, like as I was watching this, I was looking at what was in the room. I'm like, okay, we have a bed frame. Can you like somehow remove some of the thick wire that's like making up the bed frame and make like some kind of net or scoop or something to be able to scoop the syringes out. Yeah. Like figure something out. I also think it's a dick move of John to have his message take up half of the time that they have. Yeah, that's not fair. He's che- he's yeah. cheating. Yeah, that's cheating. So syringe, I would have found a way to scoop them out or do something so I wouldn't have like, oh, Put the bed frame, like, like tip it into the pit and then use it as kind of like a ladder. Yeah. And then use something else to sift through the needles. You don't need to fucking jump in there. I guess when you're low on time and Xavier's tossing people in, Mm -hmm. it's a little harder. But at the same time, I like this trap and I think Mm -hmm. that it's cool. I think that they went about it the wrong way. Oh, yeah. It's infuriating to watch people solve a puzzle wrong. Yeah. And then for Xavier to fumble the key at the end. Idiot. Oh, well, you know he wouldn't have given one of those to Amanda. Nah, he would have kept both of them. Though I think if Amanda was offered an antidote, I think she probably would have been like, give it to Daniel. Yeah, I think so. Because he's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a little guy. He's a little guy. Wrist trap. (laughs) Now that you say that there's a very obvious padlock on it, I think it's (laughs) the funniest trap. Because it's just like, literally just look at it. Oh my god. I think even if you put one hand in there and got the needle, it's easy to use your other hand to like to spread open the razors. And I get was your thinking that out. too. If mm-hmm. you don't put it into the other hole, what are you trying to do? That and it's like clearly she's a fucking idiot because you know that this place is full of traps and puzzles mm-hmm. of some kind you really think it's going to be that easy to just stick your hands into a box and pull out an antidote yeah no like something's going to happen to make that difficult or impossible for you to do god 
So that's just stupid. Okay, door gun. I liked the door gun. I thought that was, <laughs> I think that might be my favorite from this movie. It is a good learning tool because you yep. learn immediately to follow directions or else. Yeah, but also, what was the point of looking through the peephole while opening the door? Like you would just hit yourself in the head or in the face <laughs> with the door if you pulled it open. Yeah, Gus, not not the smartest one. Yeah, like who looks through a peephole at while you're opening the door? You do it before you open the door. Yeah. I don't know. So that was silly. But I just thought it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) Then we have the electric cage when the SWAT team first comes in. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, Probably pretty easy to not touch, but... Yeah. I think the other part of this, the stairs that break and then break your legs, Mm -hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I think that was very clever. Actually, that's my favorite, I think, in the movie. (laughs) So what's your your ranking here? I think it's easier to go top down on this one. So I would have to say that my favorite is going to be the step that broke the guy's leg. Um, man, I still think my favorite is Pit of Needles after all these years. It's just the most interesting one. Really? And like I said, it's the most puzzly too, in a way. That is true. But also like, it's just so like fucked up and like cringe inducing. Mm hmm. I hate it. I would not want to do it. I think it's a pretty effective trap, but also they could have just not done it at all. See, like the syringe pit is one of my favorites just because it skews me out so much. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most prominent in my brain, like after all these years. So like it has that going for it. So I was tempted to give it number one. But I don't know. It was just all the traps in the house are just so frustrating to me because I'm like, you could you could have figured something out. So that's the only reason it's not my number one. Yeah, I get that. As far as like my number one, the leg breaking step, I just like the simplicity of it. Yeah. How it's really just, oh, one trick step and boom, your fucking legs are broken. Yeah. It's simple. It's effective. <laughs> that is a booby trap right there. I'll, I'll put that one at number two. So I'm actually going to put syringe pit as my number two. Okay. After that, I guess it's Venus flytrap for me. I'm thinking gun door for me. It's a fun trap, despite if you think about it too much, where it's like, why would you be looking through a peephole (laughs) while opening the door? If you don't think about it too hard, again, I like the simplicity of it. And it had very clear instructions like, don't use this key. And yet they use the key. So I dig that. That That's going to be my number three. That's going to be my number five for me, the gun door. For me, my number four was wrist trap. I think that's the next most interesting one because you do have to do some like maneuvering, even if it is easy. Yeah, I'm going to have the same rating for that one or ranking for that one, I should say. So that's going to be both of our number fours. So your number five was Gundor. Let me do Venus Flytrap as number five. Okay, so our remaining two for sixth and seventh place, we have the electric cage and the oven. Oven electric cage. Yep. Electric cage is so easy to avoid and you can hear when it powers up. The oven is stupid for many reasons that we already said. 100% agree. I think the traps in this are kind of weak overall. A couple of them are memorable. Definitely memorable, not super impressive. Nicole, do you think you would survive Saw 2? I think so. Yeah, seems real easy, Mm -hmm. to be honest. If we go through all of the traps, Venus flytrap is the only one I don't think I'd really be able to escape. (laughs) I would give myself a 30% chance on that one. I don't know. I don't know how strong my will to live is. It's strong enough to uh, at least watch all the Saw movies. Yeah, but if he put the remote in my eye socket, I don't know if I'd be (laughs) able to (laughs) to handle it. 
I think they're all real dumb. 100%. And I think that this was very, very solvable. I think the only one of these traps that would have gotten me is the trick step. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> there was nothing to indicate that that step was was weird. Yeah. It had like what, like a pressure sensor or something. Yeah, it was like hooked up to a pulley or something. Yeah. And then it like it snapped at some point. So there was nothing to indicate that that was a trap. Yeah. That's the only one that would have gotten me. Well. Maybe the electric cage if I ended up like stumbling because my leg was just broken and I had to like roll into it. True. So as you know, a little tag team trap there maybe, but definitely the the trick step is the only one I don't think I'd be able to avoid. And the Venus flytrap. But that doesn't count. That's an opening kill. That takes place in the nebulous void. Exactly. So that one doesn't count. Let's talk about the twist. What do you think of this twist, Nicole? I loved the twist. On rewatch, I really liked the twist a lot. Because when you know what you're looking for, it's so obvious. Yeah. She knows like a little bit too much about mm-hmm. what's going on. Yep. And then, you know, with her not getting sick at all, like that's mm-hmm. also a giveaway. I just remember seeing this for the first time and McFucking losing it. I did not see that coming. I just said, oh my God, poor Amanda stuck in another trap. And then <laughs> she ends up being the freaking game master. And then also the twist with Daniel having been inside the safe the entire time and the whole house thing being pre recorded. Genius. It's so good. It's so good. I love Amanda as the new Jigsaw. I think that it's really clever. I think it works a lot. The one thing that confuses me, mm-hmm. they at one point show her like suicide attempt. Yeah. And then later on during the reveal, they show it again. But John is just like right there. So I'm wondering, she clearly has like marks on her wrists, right? Mm-hmm. And John is like, you know, you have to greet death to truly feel alive or something. That's something that he says during that bit. Mm-hmm. So was his thing like, cool, why don't you slit your wrists and then I'll help you back, but you got to feel like you're about to die. I'm thinking in a way he wants to recreate his whole driving off a cliff and still surviving yeah. kind of feeling for everyone. Surviving a suicide attempt. Yeah. So maybe that's it. Well, and also maybe it's also partially for her to have like physical evidence that she had some kind of backsliding situation yeah. and that's why she's in the house with everyone else. Makes sense to me. I'm sure there were other ways to do it, but yeah. <laughs> I think something very clearly evident because these people are all really stupid, so they need like a visual reference. <laughs> I also think it's very funny in retrospect how defensive Amanda immediately is of Jigsaw. Yeah, right? Where she's like, he's not a serial killer. That stood out to me this time too, and I was <laughs> like, ah. I think the lady off protests too much. Yep. Yeah, good twist and basically sets up the rest of the franchise. Yes, so I'm excited for Saw 3 since I can't yeah. remember what happens in that one. Saw 3 through 7, if not, you know, Jigsaw and Spiral as well, mm-hmm. are about shitty imitation Jigsaws. Nice. So get prepared for the rest of the franchise. All right, I'm ready. Let's go. So, Nicole, who deserved to be here the most? In the house, definitely Xavier. The man was horrible. But Eric Matthews also, I don't think he deserved to have his son be a part of the trap. Like Daniel Mm -hmm. didn't deserve any of this. Yeah, Daniel is least deserving, obviously. Oh, 100%. But Eric deserved to have something happen to him. 
I agree. Yeah. Is comeuppance, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that if we're just talking in the house, if I'm not going with Xavier, I'm going with Abby. Abby seems like a fucking freak. Oh, yeah. She weirds me out so much. And he helps kidnap these people. He helps kidnap everyone. And honestly, that's his comeuppance, too. Mm-hmm. If I'm giving a second least deserving, Laura. Yeah. She is just so sad to be there. And What did she do? Like, how did she end up there? She seems like collateral damage, essentially, because yeah. John was like, okay, I want the whole rainbow motif thing. So we need to get seven people that Eric Matthews planted evidence on and, and put them in jail. So uh, there was like 10 of them and a couple are still in jail. Here's the rest, Amanda. I don't know. I think that she's basically just unfortunate circumstance. She basically, she gets false evidence planted on her and lands her in jail. And then that same act kills her like years later. Fucked up. But yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. How useless were the police, Nicole? Is there a word for more useless than useless? (laughs) (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Whatever that is, that's what they were. They were worse than useless. I think that they had one useful thing that turned out not to be useful because Mm -hmm. they did actually track the signal down and they found out where it was coming from. It's just that John was one step ahead of them in the fact that they are actually tracking where the DVD is playing from. Mm -hmm. And they were useful in the sense that they were able to find Jigsaw. But then Eric had to fuck that up by driving into an undisclosed location (laughs) where Amanda's, you know, probably going to drive off with him. I can assume that's what happens. Almost certainly. You know, and so y'all were hella useless. You had everything in the palm of your hands and you fucked it up. R.I.P. R.I.P. Speaking of R.I.P., what's our death count up to? Who died in this movie? death count. All right. So we have a couple of confirmed kills, a couple of unknowns, but we'll only talk about confirmed. So first one, Michael the Snitch, Gust, Abby, Jonas, Laura, Adam confirmed dead from the first movie, and Xavier, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So we are adding seven to the death count from this movie, which brings us up to a lovely 12 in two movies. Oh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, he's he's cranking it right up. Oh, man. I guess he's got a PA now, so. That is true. An unpaid intern. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's it. What'd you think of Saw 2 overall, Nicole? As a whole, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. When I look at individual traps, not my favorite, But I think as a whole, booby-trapped house, and then Eric, literally all he had to do was not be an asshole. Yeah. And that being his test and him failing, amazing. The twists, I loved. So as a whole, I really enjoyed it. If I don't look too closely, it's great. (laughs) Yeah, I have to agree that the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool stuff here. I think it's also kind of disjointed and kind of weird. I think that it's both an interesting movie and kind of a boring movie, to be honest. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of repetition. The traps are just kind of whatever. There's honestly a lot fewer traps than I thought in this movie. Yeah. The house has, what, three traps? Yeah. If you don't count door gun, then it's just pit of needles, the oven, and the wrist trap. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not much here. Yeah. This is still probably kind of low on my list for Saw movies, but I do like it a lot better now. And mm-hmm. I, I have a good appreciation for it this time around. I'm glad to hear it because I, I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's a worthy sequel. I agree. And like you said, this is kind of setting up the rest of the franchise. And so I think this is a good little kickoff. Yeah, it's a springboard. Yeah. All right. So next time we're going to be talking about Saw 3. We're going to learn more about Amanda as the new Jigsaw. Hooray! Exciting. Until then, where can the people find you, Nicole? Uh, the people can find me in this basement with you. Oh, uh, yes. Where can they find you on Twitter, though? Oh, they can find me at Sexy Pagliacci. That's S-E-X-Y-P-A-G-L-I-A-C-C-I, the sad clown. And where can they find you besides this basement? <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Punk Dyke, P-U-N-K-D-Y-K-E. There will be no one taking over that at after I die. Nobody will carry on my legacy. It dies with me. We'll put it on your headstone. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's, it's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> and you can find the show on Twitter at We See Saw. Same as the show's name, coincidentally. Yeah. Send us an email. Let us know your thoughts on Saw 2. Send it to playingontheseesaw at gmail.com. All one word. I want to hear your thoughts on your strategies for the pit of needles. Literally was just about to say that. Yes. (laughs) Let us know how you'd fish that key out. All right. Well, until next time, game over. My name's Max Newland. My friends and I love anime, but you don't have to take my word for it. Hello, my name is Max Kostrak, and I have a confession today. I do love anime. Hey there, my name is Stevie Matos, and I love anime like I love yogurt parfaits. I watch it, I engage with it, and I think about it a lot. Give me a good bed of mechs, sprinkled with some harem anime, a slice of life, and some little dabs of a sports anime. Let's go. Mm. Now doesn't that sound delicious? Join us every Monday at the After School Anime Club, a podcast where we play fun games and talk through the anime classics of the 90s and 2000s. That's the After School Anime Club, available now on your podcatcher of choice.